I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. I'm Shelley Shearer, author of Urban Fantasies and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Today on the Indie Book Talk podcast, we're talking about beta readers, what they are, how you find them, and how they can help make your fiction better. Shelley, I wanted to talk about beta readers today because I feel like it is the beta reader moment. Like, I'm about to send my novel off to beta readers. A friend of mine just had me read for him. Somebody else I saw on Instagram was looking for readers, and I put my hand up. I have just been a beta reader, so I'm in. Right? It's like it's the perfect moment to talk about this for some reason. So, for those who don't know, a beta reader is your first reader. Like a beta tester for technology, it's a beta reader. The first people who read your piece. Usually, you're, they're reading like a finished first draft or maybe a finished second draft. Um, but it can happen at different parts of the process. So we'll, we'll, we can kind of talk about different ways to use beta readers. Um, Shelly, for the one that you did, how did that person connect with you? Was it someone you knew from a writing group or? Yes. So this most recent one was from a writing group. Um, I've done it in the past just through Facebook posts, people looking for someone that doesn't mind reading a chapter or two or even a whole book. But both the author and the reader have to keep in mind that this is a commitment. I mean, you're, you're saying you're going to read someone's entire book and give good feedback. It's not just, a, oh, that was nice. Thanks. I mean, it's, you really got to think about it when you're reading. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is really, you are asking people as the author, you're asking people for, it's a big ask, you know, it's it takes time to read a book. And it takes even more time to read a book thoughtfully. Right. And to, I find when I'm beta reading, my my most difficult thing is to like, collect my thoughts in a way that's useful for the author. So th- there's a lot that goes into this. And I want to talk about that. The reason that I wanted to talk about this really is that I I just talked to a friend of mine who, who was doing this for the first time and he's published books before, but he's never used beta readers. So he was using them for the first time and he made some, I think, common mistakes mm-hmm. that really made the experience less useful and more stressful. Okay. So we want to help you avoid those issues. Um, so for mine, I really thought it was a great process. They were very thorough. Um, there was a lot of communication. Um, there were like questions to think on. So I, I think there's a lot you can put into to giving your beta readers to make it a good experience. Okay. So your your author gave you questions up front, like things they were looking for or wanted you to think about while you were reading? Um, so... There are a couple different experiences, but I think the best one so far has been the upfront was definitely tell me any large plot holes, you know, the big stuff, mm-hmm. um, but no really in-depth questions before reading. And then after you read, uh, there was a set questionnaire that went out with much more in-depth questions. I think of the things that the author was curious about, like something, some things were about story arcs, um, character believability. And just some other things that were more, I think, to help them tune up areas they might have been concerned about. And I felt a little bad at first because there were things that didn't occur to me as I was reading that first time. I was not the most attentive reader. 
I must admit, I, I now I feel I'm a better beta reader because <laughs> I, I know what to think about. But yeah, it was a really, it was a really good questionnaire at the end. And then, you know, they give you like a copy of the book at the end of that, after all that help. So it was a great experience overall. Awesome. Okay. So I'm going to give the, the other side of this story, which is the maybe not awesome experience as a beta reader. So my friend had this book and he had, a, a, I would say, a half draft. So he, he had the full story, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't completely put, put together. You know, there were some places where he'd written like things happen here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he had some holes um, and some um, – even like what I thought of as like alternate storylines where like he'd start going in one direction and then he'd go off in a different direction. So that, that the initial draft really wasn't ready mm-hmm. for beta readers. And because you're, you're doing such a big ask, right? You're saying, you know, please spend hours and hours reading this manuscript. It's really hard for a beta reader to do that when you haven't given them like a complete work to start from. Right. That's more of a writer's group kind of thing. Exactly. And that's that's a distinction that I want to make sure we make here is that when you're, you know, why do you need beta readers and a writing group? Your writing group is there for kind of the process, right? So they might be reading it chapter by chapter or a couple of chapters at a time or even a scene at a time. If you're there's something that you're confused about or concerned about how it comes across. Right. And they could be reading that same chapter 17 different times. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Not that I can speak from experience, but <laughs> not yeah. Um, <laughs> but but so you you know that that's what your writers group is for. Your beta readers are really supposed to be stand-ins for your final reader. This is they're supposed to be like the proxy for the person who's going to buy your book and read it. And the reason that you need them is so that they can say, "Wait, there's a gaping plot hole here," or "This character is super flat." And everyone else sounds great, but this person's just like killing every scene they're in. Those are things that you want to know before you publish, but that your writer's group may not be able to tell you because they're not reading it in totality. Because they're reading in bits and pieces, they maybe can't see the character development because they read chapter one, chapter six, chapter 12, and chapter three in that order. Yeah. (laughs) I'll also say that the writer's group, even if they have read it as a whole book, since they've read it in various parts and helped you throughout the process, they're not your ideal beta reader anyway. You want someone that's coming into that fresh from a whole new perspective that can go, I've never met Sue and Bob before. Why should I love them? Right. Because I know that in our writer's group, in the before times when we'd all sit around a table at the coffee shop, we would have, you know, 45 minute conversations about the motivations of a single character. <laughs> Once you've done that, you can't erase that from your memory to read their story and understand if the motivation comes through. Right. You now know you too need, much. You need someone new. It could be someone that knows your characters and even a little bit about your plot and all that's fine, but not someone that's really been in depth helping you throughout the process. I think right. that takes away from the beta reader experience. Right. Which actually brings us to the next kind of logical part of this is how do you pick beta readers and how do you find beta readers? You beg. And you beg. Yeah. <laughs> you beg, you bribe, you, you, you know, lean on people. No, uh, beta readers. It's interesting because I have, I have some of my, some people who have read my first and second novel who, when I said 
even in passing, like something about beta readers, they were like, oh, me, 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 right? Because <laughs> some people just want to be the first, right? Yeah. They want to, and some people want to feel like part of the process. And this is a great way to help them do that. But if you don't have, like, if it's your first novel, you don't have a huge readership, the things to think about are, is this person the type of person who will eventually buy my book? Right. So if you're doing middle grade fiction, it's really hard because you need to find some middle grade age children to read your book to really get good feedback. Now, that shouldn't be your only beta readers, but the, you, you should have them represented in your demographic of readers. Mm -hmm. If you're doing you know, steamy romance, you need people who read steamy romance and aren't going to be confused by it or, 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 you know, scandalized by it, right? You need those readers who know the tropes, who've seen this sort of thing before and can see, can, can understand kind of where you're coming from. Right. And it might take time to find the right set of beta readers. So, you know, maybe start looking for those people while you're getting that first draft worked on. It could take a little bit of time. <laughs> Yes. I actually just responded to somebody. Um, I, there's a, a, a author I follow on Instagram who's a, a, an aspiring author. She hasn't finished her first novel. And um, I, I don't even remember how I'm following her. I think she commented on something and, you know, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I followed her. And she recently made a post saying, oh, my book's ready to go to beta readers and I'm nervous and excited and whatever. And I, having done this before, reached out to her and said, hey, and I, I did stop and read her synopsis first and like see if it was something I, I would read. And it was. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to her and I said, hey, if you need another reader, please let me know. I'd love to you know read this for you. And it was funny because she came back to me in private messages with, oh, my gosh, thank you. Because my reader, I have like three beta readers and they're all my friends. <laughs> and it'd be really nice to have an outside perspective. Definitely. I mean, because as, as, even if your friends are used to giving creative criticism, it's hard. Sometimes you need an outside person. Well, and I think there's a, I don't necessarily write like I talk, but once you've read one thing by me, you're not going to be, you, you'll be able to pick me up from a crowd. You know, <laughs> I have a distinctive voice and which is awesome. I think it's, it's a, it's it takes a long time to get there and I'm there, I think for the most part. Um, but it's also like if you have a, a stranger coming in, someone who doesn't know your voice as well, um, they can give a perspective that somebody who you know really well and who's read a bunch of your stuff can't necessarily give because they're used to how you use those phrases and they're used to how you build a character and how you tell a story. But finding those people is, you know, on, you can do it on social media, you can do it through groups, um, you can ask around and, you know, see who wants to do it. There are some groups on even like Reddit where you can trade beta reading. Um, you know, I'll read yours if you'll read mine kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And those can be really valuable, but it's important to, to weigh the, the feedback based on things like, do they read the genre? Do they, um, you know, are they the, the target demographic? Not that you can't have, you know, a 50-year-old man read your YA novel aimed at girls, but, <laughs> and he may have some very useful feedback, but there is, you know, a certain amount of weight. If he, if he says, oh, this character's flighty and all the teenage girls love him, love her, then let it be, you know? So I, there, there's something about the way you get feedback that you have to kind of 
take it with a grain of salt, like you do with any feedback on your writing. But to return to my friend who struggled with his first beta reading experience, the other thing that was a problem was we didn't have a clear deadline. Mm. And that for me is the kiss of death. If you don't put a deadline on something, it's never, ever getting done. Even if I love your book and desperately want to read it, other things will happen and it won't, I won't get to it. No, I'm with you. If you don't tell me it's due by Tuesday, it's, yeah, it's not going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so having having a deadline, um, being very clear with the time period and asking people to really commit to that. You know, I need this by March 15th. Please do not agree to beta read unless you can give it to me by March 15th. And make sure they understand what they need to give to you. Like more than just, yeah, this worked out fine for me. Like you actually have questions or concerns or you want, you know, so much feedback for the beta read. Right. And sometimes some people who, especially if they've done it before, um, are very good about that and will give you detailed notes. Other people, um, you'll have to prod them. And you Mm. mentioned that your friend had a questionnaire and that's a great way. You know, you can ask questions like, who was your favorite character? Why did you like them? What character do you think could have been better developed? Where were you confused in the plot? Right. You can ask questions like that and, and very targeted questions. And sometimes they can be super targeted. Sometimes it can be, how did you feel about character X in scene Y? Right. And then so, perhaps you might need to go back and read a couple of chapters over again, which is completely acceptable to ask of a beta reader because it's it's kind of part of the, the process. Right. And you want someone to beta read because you have specific concerns as well as an interest in the overall a reception of the novel. Exactly. With that, though, comes your, I don't want to say obligation, but yeah, obligation to thank people in a meaningful way for the work that they have done for you. Yes. Because basically what you've done is you have gotten incredibly valuable feedback that has taken a lot of time uh, for free. So thanking your readers with, if you can, with a free book, with a discount on your book. Those are great things. You can also, I always thank my beta readers in my acknowledgments, which some people don't care about. Some people get a real kick out of, you know, like, oh, I helped. I did this, you know. I think someone sent me stickers once. Yeah. And that was the other thing, gifts. I mean, they don't have to be like extravagant. It's just a, a thoughtful way to say, you know, I appreciate the time you put into it. Here's something to acknowledge that. Exactly. Like, you know, send them a, a $5 Starbucks gift card so they can buy themselves a coffee. You know, send them some cookies. Actually, there's a great um, piece of advice from – this is a little bit of a throwback. But did you ever read or hear about the last lecture? No. Okay. So there was this guy and he was a professor and he was dying of, I want to say pancreatic cancer, some form of cancer, and he was fairly young. His university had a tradition of when a professor retires, he would give his, quote, last lecture. And it was Mm -hmm. just an open lecture on anything he wanted to talk about. Um, And anybody who wanted to in the university could come and listen. And this guy, Randy Pausch, um, he gave his last lecture on basically like the things I've learned so far, you Mm -hmm. know. And one of the things he talks about in this very – it's wide-ranging and really interesting series of things. One of the things he talks about is asking people to do things for you and how to 
um, kind of incentivize them in, in a in a loving way. And so one of the things he talked about is when he needed someone to review one of his papers, because, you know, he was an academic, he was submitting papers to journals and things. Mm-hmm. When he needed a peer to review it so that he could move on with his life, he um, would send them a box of Girl Scout cookies with a note that said, please enjoy these cookies after you have reviewed. Aww. <laughs> right? And so it was kind of like, it was a little bit of pressure in that he asked you specifically, like, don't do this until you've done the thing. Right. right? But it was also a, a, an upfront reward. You know, you could look forward to this thing so when you were done. this thing, please do my thing. <laughs> right. So I really liked that. I felt like that was a cool approach. And now one of my beta readers is going to be listen to this and be like, where are our cookies? <laughs> There's a link for Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> I know. We should put that in the in the uh, show notes here. Send <laughs> cookies. Cookies are always good. Coffee is always good. Um, free books, free swag, shout outs, um, bonuses. If you have like deleted scenes, deleted chapters, other stuff, don't give it to them when they're reading because that's confusing. But you can right. give them stuff, you know, after the fact. And if you build a relationship with people, you will have people who want to beta read for you every time. Mm-hmm. And, and they like become experts on your world. Yeah, maybe even just a chance to read the next book without beta reading it. Like, you know, just for fun. Like, here, I'll give you a chance to read the next one. Oh, that's a good idea. And, you'd and I, they would also I have... <laughs> right. Maybe they'll still give me feedback. Uh, I actually have a group on Facebook um, called My Afterlife Ambassadors. And it's a super secret Facebook group that only has like 20 people in it. But those are my, my people, you know, they're the people who have said, yes, I'll beta read or yes, I'll help you spread the word or whatever. They're kind of my, my launch squad. And so uh, often when I have news and that's one of the, one of the perks is that when I have news, like Mm -hmm. new cover design or new chapter, new project, you know, first look, first read discount, because you're special because you're in my group, right? They get this stuff. Um, and it's free. It's my thank you to them for being engaged and helping me with promoting my book or being my beta reader. So you can, once you've had a book out um, or two, you can start to sort of build these groups of people who are just, you're super fans. They're super invested in what you're doing. I completely want people. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you will very quickly have those people as soon as you get this book out into the world because I, I see a ready-made audience for it with your letterboxing and those sorts of things. Like, I, I think your people are there. Yay, people. People. <laughs> uh, there was one more thing. What was my last thing? No. I knew there was another thing, and I was going to mention it, so and then I forgot what Deadlines, there was feedback, there was rewards. Oh, Okay. The other thing to remember as you're you're amassing your team, collecting your people, is that no matter how well-intentioned your beta readers are, some percentage of them will not read the whole book. Always. So always aim for more people than you think you need. Just like so, when you're inviting people to a party. Exactly. More people exactly. are going to say yes than actually appear. <laughs> right. And some of them are going to leave early or show up late. And so your beta readers, some of them will read half the book. And it's not that they didn't like it or that it wasn't a good book. It's that they have lives. And much as we would like everyone we know to stop everything they're doing and just read our books that 
doesn't always happen, unfortunately. So I think my last novel, I had, I want to say like 10 or 12 people on my list. And I think about eight of them gave me like, you know, solid full critique. That's a pretty good percentage though. Yeah, I think it went pretty well. I I was pleased with it. And, um, you know, I thanked everyone accordingly and did all the things. But I I think you, it it can be easy to say, oh, well, you know, I only need three or four people. And if you only have three or four people, you might, if you're lucky, get one (laughs) who gets back to you. Right. Excellent. Excellent. And now, in other news, my novel, Assembling Ella, which is my third novel, is by the time this airs, probably hopefully back from my beta readers and will have just finished. So um, I'm. what happens next is you get your feedback and then you have to integrate it. So the worst thing you can do is send it out to beta readers and then ignore what they say. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to do everything they say, but the, the, the rule is, there's no rule, the, the guideline is, if you hear the same thing from multiple people, you might want to look closely at whatever it is. Because unlike, say, a writing group where you might all be sitting around the table and people sort of like, oh, yeah, I think that too. In a beta reading situation, nobody knows what the other person said. So if you're right. hearing a piece of feedback more than once, you should probably act on it. Right. If everyone mentions that, you know, chapter five makes no sense. Then chapter five makes chapter no five. sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> No matter how clear it is to you, chapter five has got to go. <laughs> right. But on the other hand, if one person is confused and no one else mentions it, you're probably okay. Yeah. And if you are concerned about that sort of feedback, you know, somebody was like, I have no idea what's going on. This whole novel makes no sense. You can ask pointed questions of your other beta readers, you know, follow up with them and say, you know, specific, like, did chapter five make sense to you? Can you summarize for me what happened in chapter five? You can ask those questions to kind of clarify the feedback from one person who maybe was, you know, listening to their toddler screaming in the other room while they were trying to read that chapter. Exactly. It might not have been the time that was right for them for this book. There are several books I've read that were just kind of like, eh, and then I'd pick them up a few months later and I loved them. Yes. It, it has a lot to do with where you are as well as a reader. Yes. And it's important when you're collecting feedback from people for that reason, it's important to try to get to the more objective things. Yes. Um, not just did you like this, but did this make sense? Was it clear? Was the story cohesive, coherent? You know, did you, were you able to follow the plot points? Um, those kinds of questions are true regardless of whether you like the story. Right? I can read a story I hate, but it's still a logical progression. Right. Yeah, beta readers aren't so much about, oh, I love it, I love it. It's give me actual reasons why this worked and this didn't. Right. And in summary, get beta readers. If you don't have beta readers, find beta readers. They will make your stories better as long as you give them the structure they need to really give you good feedback. That was such an organized episode. I didn't go off on a tangent even once. (laughs) We talked about Girl Scout cookies, and I didn't even go off on a tangent about how Thin Mints are the best Girl Scout cookie. They are. I mean, it's valid. 
right? Thin mints in the freezer is the greatest thing. <laughs>